I'm sure all of you remember at some point uh, memorizing Bible verses uh, for Sunday school or for day school or, or, you know, vacation Bible school, whatever, or just because you wanted to put God's word in your heart and in your mind to, to hold on to it. Um, I remember, uh, I'm pretty sure it was at the seminary, um, because my Hebrew in college was horrible and uh, didn't start to improve until I was uh, at the seminary. And uh, I remember the first time I wanted to memorize a passage in the original Hebrew, and it was from Ecclesiastes, you know, our Old Testament book today. Hevel Hevelim Amar Koheleth. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. And we, we heard something about some vanities today. That, that word hebel. Okay. All right, class, let's say it together. Hebel. That's vanity. Okay. We, we translate that word vanity, but it has kind of a broader meaning of, of emptiness. Nothingness. Which I think is kind of cool um, when you think about Genesis chapter 1. What was there in the beginning? The earth was formless and void. It was nothing it was it was and god speaks and it gives it meaning it becomes something and there's so much in our life that is hebel that is meaningless that is emptiness that is by extension foolishness that all of a sudden becomes something that matters because god speaks into it We read today, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is also heaven. It's also foolishness. It's vanity. Today is the day we take our pledges. And as we think about our, our, our money, you know, money apart from Christ, it's foolishness. It's emptiness. It's vanity. And i got to be honest, I, I've been thinking a lot about money. I've been thinking about money a lot for the past year and a half. Uh, the Beyond 50 campaign is to raise money uh, to build a, a new ministry center, a new Narthex, to give us new opportunities for ministry. Um, along with other improvements like our parking lot and, and the water for the foundation and those kinds of things. You know, I've been watching the way that people pay their pledges and how that impacts the flow of money into the, the congregation. It's one of the reasons that <laughs> on council and on staff, we love simply giving. It, it just really kind of flattens that, that flow so that you know, it, it just takes a lot of the guesswork out of how we give uh, for, for those of us who are, are, are tracking those things. Um, I'm not saying you have to do that, but you know, it's a great thing if, it, if that works for you. Um, as part of the building committee, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about costs and what it takes to uh, maintain and you know, add and, and all of those kinds of things. I was at a long meeting on Friday uh, with the builders and the architect, and we discussed ways to cut Almost $150,000 off of the, uh, the price of, uh, of the expansion that we're looking at. It's two hours of what if we do this and what if we do that. Uh, I've discussed mortgages and been told that we should never have one. And I've also been told that if the price is right, we should definitely do that. 
Do you know how many finance classes I had at the seminary? None. But I spend a lot of time thinking about it because money's important. It matters. It's an important topic for us. As I said last week, uh, it has a way of taking hold of our hearts, of becoming an idol, becoming a god for us, so that it impacts the way that we look at what are we about as a congregation, who we are as individuals. It, it, It matters. Money does things to us. If we don't do things with it, the maintenance and the upkeep of this building costs money. It takes money to update our facilities. And ministry, ministry is pretty difficult without money. And that is, for me, where the focus lies in giving. We, we pass the plate around every week, and, and you know, I don't know how you look at giving money. I mean, I've heard jokes and all of these kinds of things. But, you know, it's not about paying your dues. It's not a membership fee or, or some kind of a simple duty. The giving of money is about worship. It's about you and your heart and where you stand with God. And it's also about empowering ministry. It's about helping the work of the kingdom of God on earth. You know, it's about worship that we return to God from what he has blessed us with. You know, even the pagans understood that. And they, they offered sacrifices, some of the most horrible kind, to appease their gods. We don't have to appease our God. He's already made peace with us. We give back to him out of joy and gratitude. And offerings are about empowering ministry. It makes it possible to have a pastor who lives among you, who who preaches the word, who visits the sick and the shut-ins, who prays with the sick and the dying, who baptizes, marries, and buries in Jesus' name, along with distributing the Lord's Supper. It makes it possible to have a DCE who teaches the word of God and empowers others to do so. It's one of the things Bob is really good at, empowering others to join in this work of ministry, of sharing God's word with others. He teaches our children and the adults about Jesus, about Jesus' love and his salvation. Money makes it possible to have a music minister so that we're not singing a cappella every Sunday who helps our choir proclaim God's word to us in song. We have a youth minister who represents Jesus to the kids and to the congregation and who loves them in his name. A deaconess who visits the aged and who provides worship for people who are largely forgotten. There are other ministry positions that are empowered by your tithes and offerings. And I want to pause and embarrass, I mean, consider Becca. She runs the office. 
She prints the bulletins. She coordinates the ladies who, who assemble them. She helps me immensely and schedules many of my appointments, reminds me of things that I have forgotten. And she's also an ear for those people who come in. She's the first person to care for the people who stop in our office, who call in to let us know that their loved one has died or is sick or is in the hospital. She represents Jesus to you and to everyone who walks in our doors. There's a lot, a lot that happens here in any given week. We, the staff, and the whole church, too many volunteers to count, are here to share the love of Jesus with you, with one another, and with our community. What is that worth? How do you put a dollar sign on that? Our current budget is a little, little under a half a million dollars. That's the dollar sign we put on it for 2018. And I'll be a bit blunt with you. There is much more that we could do with more funding for our ministries and with improved facilities. However, if we were to take Jesus out of that equation, I'll tell you exactly what everything that happens here would be worth. Hebel. It would be vanity. It would be foolishness without Jesus. Because Jesus speaks into the things that we do, and he's the one that gives it meaning. He's the one that gives it real value. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are here as those who have been cleansed and forgiven in Jesus. We are those who have been given eternal gifts and have been commissioned by Jesus to share those gifts with the world. You can think about that starting right in your home and moving your way outward from there, but you have been commissioned to share those gifts, and we do that as a congregation as well. We're here to share Jesus' forgiveness with one another. That's that fellowship thing. We belong together. We belong to one another. But we also share it with our neighbors and with the world. And it is a huge task. That's what these pledges are truly about. Bringing Jesus' forgiveness and salvation to our congregation, to our neighbors, and broadly speaking, to the world. If you have your pledge card with you right now, would you please pull it out? And I realize we've got some visitors here, and I'm not trying to make this awkward for you. you know, we don't talk about money like this all the time, do we? We don't. Um, it's just that we are in that season of the church year, in that time that we are looking at those things. But if you've got your pledge card, you know, would you please pull that out? And if you're married um, and, uh, and you're pledging together, maybe both of you could put your hands on that together. And I want you to think about what that card says. I, I, I never see what those cards say. Um, there, there's one person that's the financial secretary, and he has sworn to deep, dark secrecy. Um, think, about, think about God's blessings in your life. Think about 
worship. Think about ministry. Think about Jesus' forgiveness and his salvation. In a moment, you're going to be invited to come forward, to bring your pledges and your offerings, and to place them here. The pledges go in the box. The offerings go in the plates. In both cases, as you place those in, you are worshiping and you're supporting ministry. But before you do that, let's pray. Father in heaven, these are our pledges. We thank you for the rich blessings you have poured out on us. We live in a good country and we have great abundance compared to many in the world so that that we are very comfortable. Above that, you have worked in our lives so that we know your son, our savior, Jesus, who died for our sins and rose to give us eternal life. Someday when this world ends, we will rise from the dead because Jesus is risen. He lives and he reigns to all eternity. We worship you with our offerings. We praise you with our pledges. And we pray that by your grace, you would accept them and that they would give you glory. Let these offerings and pledges empower ministry. Help our members to be cared for and given the spiritual blessings they need. And help us reach beyond these walls to share this salvation that we cherish with our neighbors, our community, and even the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.